0: This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com Greetings nerds, geeks, and gamers, and welcome to the Well Adjusted Gamer Podcast. It is currently Monday, May 7th, 2018, and this week I'm back with a shorty about random TV, movie, and gaming tidbits. Nothing crazy as, again, it's been a weird slow spell. I don't know. I'll be running through stuff like Avengers, Infinity War, games on my current rotation, Nintendo Labo, new music, and some ideas for new content as the one-year anniversary of this show quickly approaches. After the show, be sure to check out all of the other fine programs on both FunEmploymentRadio.com and ACPnet.net, and be sure to subscribe and review this show on your favorite podcast app. Follow WAG Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and send your show content ideas to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Why do we need a Sonic Adventure 3? Why do we need that? This is the uh, the Justin Gamer Podcast. So, why not start out with games I am currently playing? Um, nothing much. (laughs) Nothing new has come out since Far Cry 5 that I had my eyes on, Um, except maybe God of War, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Far Cry 5, though, I have crested 49 hours, beat the main storyline a couple weeks ago, I think. Now, just when I do dive back into it, I'm trying out some of the online maps that are available, so the other day i went on and deathmatch like the deathmatch multiplayer maps were completely empty there was no matchmaking to speak of um i think it was just a bad time but that's also a bad sign for a game that's this new to have just no one playing at that was probably like six seven in the morning but still like i said that i think that's a kind of bad sign um on the other hand though They have a lot of interesting mission-style maps that are single-player and co-op. So, God, I can't remember what I've talked about before. It's been so long. But the one I recently played was like a a Last of Us kind of clone, where the scenario is all urban, which is weird, because the main game takes place in rural Montana, and now somehow there's these assets in the, the multiplayer sandbox to build basically skyscrapers and wrecked cars and wrecked sewers and subway lines and stuff. so very expansive tool set it seems to be able to do that type of thing. Um, but going through it was pretty straightforward it's just a point A to point B survive the the people that are camped out trying to kill you. but it was really neat. it used all the the tools of the game very well. I mean, same guns and everything as a single player, but it works. I mean, it was a, a great example of how you could push this, I, again, I want to say tool set, but into any kind of genre or whatever, and it still just works. It was great. Um, one of the other ones I played was just a, like a, a typical, what do they call it? Like compound mission where you just have to liberate a base just sneak in and kill everybody without getting caught, whatever you want to call it. Just one of those. So again, it just shows the the kind of variety that can be born from this thing. So again, still definitely interested in diving back in and checking out more of those. There's also DLC coming for the game. There's a three, three or four of them. One was like a Vietnam era DLC mission. There was gonna be like a Mars mission, which is crazy, and then, of course, the obligatory zombies. So there's a lot still to look forward to in the game from the game. There's the weekly challenges that still go on. Um, I did one of those last week. I think it was, like, blow up a certain number of of cult trucks, which was hard to do at the endgame level because where I was, everything was liberated. I was just doing little fetch quests, like I said. But... All of the enemy outposts had been liberated, so there was no enemies anywhere. So it was really hard to find anything to blow up. But being a Far Cry game, it's got the option to reset all of the outposts, so that way they're all set back to full of enemies, and you can go back through and liberate them again, however you want to. So I just started doing that and was able to get through, <laughs> like with like maybe less than an hour to spare on the the weekly challenge because they wrap i i'm pretty sure they wrap like monday mornings so i should actually i'm recording really early it's like 5 37 right now and i'm thinking oh i should get back into far cry and see what the challenge is see if i can do it again before the time runs out but we'll see um other than that um a fun game that i like to <clears throat> dig into when i'm bored or not sure what else to play is shovel Knight. it's a great game we need to get a quick fix It's a game that I beat when it came out years ago, and it was great. It's got that classic 2D Mega Man format that's just super fun to to blow through. It's got a great challenge level. There's all kinds of, like, little extra bonuses. There's stuff that they've added since the the first time I played through it. Like, there's a, a Battletoads fight somehow, somewhere in the game. And I'm very interested in playing that because it looks incredible. Like it's such a great send up to what Battletoads was on the NES. Um, it's got like the turbo tunnel level, dodging walls and jumping over crap and then fighting the, the Battletoads with their kind of signature moves. So, again, really looking forward to trying that out and getting to that point. Um, and that's a cool segue to that Mega Man style of gameplay Mega Man 11. That trailer recently came out, I think, I don't know, I'm probably a little behind on it, but it's finally stepping away from the NES-style graphics, which, I mean, that's that's a good or bad, depending on your, your perspective and personal taste, because 9 and 10 were really cool. They were really, like, well-built games with, I mean, just, like, the perfect pixel-for-pixel Mega Man graphics from the NES, but... Built to run on modern consoles and PCs, so there's none of the the hang-ups from back then, like the, the limitations. But there was also that cool, like, flicker mode that you could turn on where it would kind of run the game as though it still had the limits of the NES, which was kind of cool. This one, though, it takes more of the style of the PSP Mega Man games. Like, what was it? Mega Man Powered Up and Mega Man Maverick Hunter X two amazing games i i know i played through the the mega man powered up and that one was crazy because it was mega man one made with this like really super deformed like cartoony graphic style but it followed the original game like perfectly uh the controls i think were a little bit looser more forgiving the game overall was like more forgiving but they also had a map editor with that one that was insane because you could make up just completely ridiculous death traps that remind me now of like the Mario maker that, that came out a few years ago too, on the, the Wii and the Wii U, whatever it was, but very similar to that. But that, that art style, it's, it's kind of a blend between that and Maverick Hunter X because it's a little bit more serious. It doesn't look super cartoony, like powered up did. Powered up, God, it was like a little infant, Mega Man, like boss baby or something with the blue helmet. It was weird. But this one, yeah, it's a little bit more serious, but it's it's a two d scrolling, fully three d rendered um game. so it's it's in that vein, which got segues man. I, I hate pointing them out because they're just so good. But bloodstained, which also follows that same format, um made by former Castlevania um alumni bloodstained was a, a kickstarter game that has been going on for a couple years now i got in early with this one i bought like the bought in for a full retail release physical um release with like the digital options and stuff for ps4 recently within the last week or so they started um sending out newsletters and stuff saying that you need to lock in your rewards and stuff So they've hit some sort of development milestone that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to production because they have not shown anything near a releasable game at this point. There's still just only been a couple of short kind of mostly just tech demos showing like, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. And they've changed the art style multiple times on a lot of things or they're doing a lot of work. But they, like I said, they're nowhere near any kind of release at this point. But it is a good sign of progress that they're locking down all of the the backer orders so the newsletter basically said you've got to finally not finally but select for the last time if you want to change anything your rewards so for mine i had the the ps4 edition locked down forever well now that i've got my pc i'd rather do it on there so i'm getting i was able to change it to the physical release, but it's also a Steam download. So I'm interested to see what I actually get in the mail when it gets to that point. Because I I hope it's not just an empty box with a, a Steam code in it. Because that'd be kind of boring. I Not that I need a physical disc, but it's part of the part of the package, man. It's part of the deal. That's where I feel kind of bad with the, the PS4 edition. It's like, that's obviously, I mean, it's a, a game in a box, as they should be. So... Again, interested to see how it actually turns out with this one. But I'm also wondering if this will be, like, the more rare edition. Since, I mean, who's going to get a physical game for PC in this day and age? But I don't know. You never know with these things, the way console games and collecting and blah blah goes. It's not like PC games are really that valuable for collectability at all anyway. Like, we're just getting to a point where the big box games are kind of collectible, but they're so ancient that nobody's actually playing them. It's, it's just a whole different vibe, but for like, that's, I don't know. I'm torn, obviously. (laughs) I don't know which way to go. Ah, geez. But again, in short, that is kind of the update with Bloodstained. It's definitely making progress slowly, but surely, which is good. I don't want them to rush this one. I don't want it to be bad. Please God, don't let it be bad. They've got Really good voice acting involved. Even, like, David Hayter is involved in this one. He's playing one of the villains or something. Um, lots of... I don't want to... What would it be? Like, callbacks, Easter eggs, I think, for Castlevania fans. Because it's completely removed from Castlevania. There are no crossovers. There's nothing to attach this to that series because that was a Konami thing. So, we'll see what they do. I am very interested. Um... We've also got now a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. <gasps> I mean, if you're not already excited about the game and you haven't been for the last like eight years or whatever it's been, it might be something wrong with you or it's just not your cup of tea, whatever. But the new trailer, I mean, it's, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's just more focused on the story and some of the characters that will be in the game. I did a little looking up because I wasn't sure. I saw somebody that looked like John Marston, but I thought maybe uh, this would be a sequel or something, and this was maybe Jack more grown up. But no, it is a prequel to The Last Red Dead, Red, Dead Red Dead Redemption, where it's centered around a different character that was part of the gang that John Marston, the main character from the previous title, was in. So it takes place, what was it? It's 10 years. Yeah, like 10 years or so before Red Dead Redemption, the last one. And um, yeah, it, it just looks good. I mean, it's everything you would hope it would be. It's the the current iteration of the Rockstar engine, whatever they call it, that runs like GTA 5 and everything. Um, still no word if it's going to be on PC. I, I'm pretty sure they had said it'll probably be like a year after the console releases because that's just how they roll nowadays i mean rockstar has never been a pc focused studio and a lot of their releases if they ever come to pc because red dead redemption i don't think ever made it to pc at all but do check out that trailer if you're interested if you're not i mean maybe this will toot your flute i don't know but um other big things nintendo labo 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 it's, it's Labo. I've, I've heard many people pronounce it now. Um, that's finally out in the wild. There's plenty of YouTube videos of people farting around with it. It, it does look very interesting and just like, I mean, the trailers kind of were exciting to see like, oh yeah, look at the real world virtual stuff. Yeah, cool. So, Nintendo's basically making cardboard cool again. Ha ha ha. But also very expensive. The kit, there's from what I saw, there's a couple kits out there there's like the the robot backpack one that's bononkers because it is 60 70 bucks by itself which hey wow ooh, ooh. the um the variety kit though is i think they said 80 and it comes with a bunch of different like smaller scale devices that you it reminds me of the the, the cheap Wii accessories and peripherals that really sucked and didn't do anything, but now they actually do stuff and things, but they're made of cardboard and you have to build them yourself. So it's a completely weird switcheroo, but honestly, it's a cool concept and really a perfect timing thing for nerd culture right now too, because everybody is huge on DIY and programming and these kind of Emergent experiences. So it is. It's 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 good timing. And hopefully it does well enough to kind of set the stage for bigger, better, cooler things. But the, the best things that I've seen from it right now is the building process is super long and super in-depth. Not like crazy. Like each, I think like the biggest, most complex ones take like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. But the the kind of direction that they're pushing this stuff and that it's designed for is to get together and do something with your nasty little shithead kids. So (laughs) if you're a nerd that has bread and has his own progeny, his or her own progeny to play around with now, if you're trying to get them into gaming or get them into things beyond gaming that involve it, like the, the more creative side and, and the, the act of, putting stuff together i mean it is it's like cardboard legos tied to video games which it's my the little kid inside me gets excited just thinking about this crap but they're like i said they're they're fun to build the 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 product of your efforts is actually really well engineered and creative it's like this weird mix of origami and like mechanical engineering and the things end up being solid enough, like they're not super flimsy. They're still just made of cardboard though, so a single foot will destroy them. And that's kind of concerning, but not too sure on how the longevity will work out with these. But I mean, yeah, it's it's cardboard, so <laughs> you're definitely limited in a lot of ways. Um, they are, all of the little projects in the, the variety kit have different kind of... Controller interfaces like there's the the fishing reel that you may have seen, which is pretty neat. It's got an extendable pole, and it's got the the winding action. You put the two Joy Cons inside the pole itself, so one of them senses your like different axes <laughs> or however the hell you say it, axes, axes, um, as you're moving the rod around, up and down, left right, whatever. But then you've also got one in the the reel that registers if you're spinning it one way or the other. And then it's hooked up via a string to a box that you put the actual switch in. And that shows you like a a screen with the fish and stuff swimming around and where your line is going. And from what I've seen, it's really actually like good at tracking what you're doing in all of these different devices. But this one especially because you've got a, a funny string that's tied Inside the box and then out and up and over to the pole. But the string doesn't actually wind in either direction more than just like a little bit. You've got a little barrel inside the base where the switch is that's attached with rubber bands. So it spins and has resistance to it, but it doesn't go all the way one direction or the other. It kind of just like hangs in the middle. And as you're spinning, you feel the resistance, but it never spools all the way around to the fishing pole like the string doesn't actually move one way or the other it's really interesting it's cool there's a lot of cool i I hate to call it tech but these things are very well designed they're neat um the only thing though is there's there's a couple of downsides they're really expensive because like i said the the main kit is like 80 dollars and it comes with five or six different projects that's the piano the fishing wheel real the um there's like a little rc type of box thing there's the um like a motorcycle handlebar setup and i i want to say that's it there might be like one or two other things but that's it and the games that come with them are really limited too so i think it's just because we're at this early stage like later on there's going to be amazing things that you'll be able to play with it and full-scale games like i can imagine a mario kart or excite bike that use some kind of driving apparatus that would be much better than the little basically tech demos that are packed in with everything now i definitely don't see a lot of miles on the fishing pole that's <laughs> unless ooh, breath of the wild right maybe that's something they'll, they'll tie into that build a little fishing mini game for that and oh yeah um the the piano though That's one that people are really going crazy for because it is... I mean, you've basically given people a cardboard box that basically makes music, so cue everybody making all kinds of remixes and and covers of every song ever. But the piano itself, as it comes out of the box, there's not much to do with it. There's a few different voices or whatever you want to call it for it um, packed in. But the big thing is once you go into what they had it's like the labo garage or something like that yeah labo garage where you can remix and remap all the functions of all these different devices and really go just to the ends of the earth with ideas and beyond so just like a quick google and a little dig on youtube i found a lady from what was it it was verge and polygon or something like a combination of them working together but they made um they put the piano together they did that thing but then she also was able to design a guitar so basically handmade a cardboard guitar with a slot to hold the switch in it and then you can go in on the switch and actually program different kind of buttons and um screen configurations to run the synthesizer so she basically oh basically 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 she you're able to map the functions inside the the app to i mean it it is it's like very low level programming but you basically draw a box you tell it i want this box to do blah when i touch it and blah is going to be this note at this pitch at this frequency whatever in this synthesizer voice and blah 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 so go through all that and she was like thoroughly exhausted and ready to just pull her brain out of her head by the end of it because it was such a complex process but it ended up working and she was able to do like a piano and guitar kind of combo cover of a song so very just like tip of the iceberg type stuff you know where the potential is there for this thing to really go crazy there's just so much that we could do and could see with this labo i'd say experiment at this point but it is going to be crazy there's like i said there's already deeper crazier stuff out there as well there's a guy that there's um i guess a music editing app built in with the switch i don't know what it comes with but it, it's like a Korg synthesizer set that lets you arrange music and stuff. And you could record multi-tracks with it. And this guy made like his own little Labo song. Labo. Labo? Labo. Labo. But again, the possibilities are endless. Something that I have realized lately. Completely new subject here. But with, the, with this podcast and then the Adventure Club podcast that I do... I realized a long time ago with podcasting, if I'm, like, if it's not just me and I'm not driving the conversation with somebody else, if I'm part of, like, a a crew and we're recording, I zone out, like, completely. Like, if I'm... If the other guys are talking, I just have a problem where my brain just, like, checks out. And it's totally, like, an ADD type thing. But what I figured out recently... And I don't know if I talked about it before is when we would set up for the podcast we'd get on Skype and do whatever. So part of that warm up we're just bullshitting and I would play a game. So I'd like fire up Forza Horizon and just drive around and kind of be BSing kind of focusing on that just half and half, you know. Well, eventually instead of stopping playing, I just said screw it and I kept playing into the actual recording. But what I found was it didn't distract me from the conversation. It actually kept me on that edge of focus the whole time. Having my brain engaged on the game that I'm playing actually helped me stay engaged in the conversation as well. It was the weirdest thing. It's like totally counterintuitive that that doing something else while you're doing something would actually make you better at both. In a way, it's weird. So, like I said, there's something about staying focused on the game with low volume while listening to the pod conversation at a higher level that keeps me going in both at the same time. I'll hit those times where I need to focus on the conversation because something will get deeper, really engaging, and I'll dive in with that and just pause the game and talk or listen more intently. But then once I break out of that jump back to the game, and it does it. It keeps me locked in. Very strange, but super stoked that this works for me. I'm sure it's not something that works with any game since many demand a lot more focus, but for racing, like I've done it with Forza and um, Need for Speed, and so far it's perfect. Hashtag life hack. Do it. Try it. If you're a fellow podcaster out there, or I don't know what else you could really use something like that for, but I I don't know. It's one of those things where like, studying sucks studying with music a lot better a lot easier easier to focus it's it's a thing now on to movies and tv and whatnot so (laughs) another one of these little indie films that i love to go out and watch avengers infinity war (laughs) so i've seen it twice now we watched it on the the release weekend we went to our our pub house with the theater and had our Cajun tots and beer and enjoyed it thoroughly there. Then this, just the other day now, Saturday night, I went again with some buddies from work and like after watching it the first time, I was definitely like excited. Just, I, I hesitate to say blown away because it's not that kind of a, A game-changing anything, but it's just a really good, solid experience. I'm going to try to not spoil anything of it. I already did that with um, (laughs) Matt and John on the other podcast, which that'll be out this week or so, I think. But, um, so again, avoiding any spoilers, but it was... it's a hugely satisfying movie, and I was excited, finally, to see it again, which is rare. Like, I... There's very, very few movies that I remember going to see more than once in the theater. Even with all the Marvel stuff, like, none of them really compelled me to do that. But this one, it was. It was such a a good... I mean, it's got everything. It's got the drama. It's got the fun. It's got the humor. It's got the seriousness. It's got characters and stories that we've been just salivating, waiting to see. So, it was great. And... Like I said, hugely satisfying. And one of the the rumors that this doesn't really give anything away, but one of the rumors I heard leading up to it was that this one was actually really focused on Thanos. And it's actually a lot of his perspective throughout the film. So it's not like you've got the villain out in the ether somewhere and he comes in and attacks now and then, but you're just spending time with the heroes the whole time. No, you spend most most of the movie... With Thanos going through and seeing like his interactions with everyone and every step of the way, every collecting every stone, like it's it's pretty intense and it's neat to see it from that perspective. I was excited for that leading up to it. I'm still excited for it now, having seen it twice. So it's pretty cool. Um, it was like going in the second time. I was excited too to be able to kind of relax. Like I know all the main swings of everything that's gonna happen, so now kinda get to watch for more of the, the Easter eggs and pick up on more of the humor and the little things here and there, which honestly I didn't see that terribly much the second time around that I didn't pick up on them the first time. So again though, it was it was nice to to be more relaxed and be able to soak it all in versus like being excited and like, oh my god, this is happening, oh my god that happened, oh my g- god, gee, 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 So it was cool. Um, now, looking forward, we've got the next couple of movies, I think, are Captain Marvel, which is a, it takes place in the past, so interested to see how that's going to work in to the current day. But then there's the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie coming out, which also is in a, a question mark time period, because I think that's before Infinity War now as well. And then, next year, next May, I think, I think like a year to the day, Infinity War Part 2, or whatever it may be called, should launch. So, it's a very fast track, which is awesome. Like, there's there's not going to be a lot of delay between these, but now the only catching up, I still need to watch the first Ant-Man, because I'm a bastard and never did. Um, I heard it was... Like, from multiple sources now, I heard it was a really good entertaining movie. I didn't trust the previous source, but now I've got Matt and John telling me that, oh yeah, it's great. So, I, I really need to check that one out. I remember it went through, like, a development hell where it was rewritten and changed directors or that type of thing. So, that's always, ugh, it's a gross, gross thing. It's always risky, but definitely gotta check that one out and then still need to do Black Panther as well, which... That is coming out to digital and everything, I think on the 18th, 17th or 18th. So that'll be available soon. Probably rent that one and see what all the fuss was about. But moving on from there on TV. So TV's still a thing that people watch and I hate it. I really, like we've been talking about um, cord cutting. Me and Matt and my wife and I have talked about it a lot too just getting rid of cable tv altogether because one it's expensive two you don't get what you really want out of it because every time you sit down to watch something there's nothing on and then you just end up surfing the channels and watching whatever stupid show that you've already seen or don't really care about and veg out and it's it's painful because it's when i really think about it it's depressing of like how much time you waste in front of the tv again watching something you've either already seen a million times or don't really care to watch and it's just like god i wish i could do something productive instead but um some of the just garbage that i've seen i don't know this to each their own but there's a a new reality show i think on sci-fi channel or somewhere it's a competitive street fighter five competition show but set up like the real world for competitive gamers so you've got four what is it like six or eight whatever people that are i don't even know if they're like big stars in the circuits but yeah street fighter five players i guess brought to live together and do nothing but play the game against each other really weird and it's just one of these things that I, it's another experiment because the world of gaming spectating is so young still. Like, it's been around forever, but figuring out how to monetize it and turn it into a thing, I just... I, I It's so weird. It's hard to grasp. So, it might still have a chance, but for me, no. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. So, like, cooked up and lame and... I don't know. Like, I don't think... It's, I, I'm such a dick for saying it, but I don't think any of these people really have that great of personalities to carry a show like that. To to have a program based on these individuals' personalities and how they interact with each other, I don't think that's the main draw for any of the, them. Anybody in competitive sports, it's or competitive esports, it's how they play the game. Like, there's little bits of, like, character and how they dress and how they act when they're playing. But, aside from that, like, uh, I guess we'll see. A show I am watching and deeply enjoying, Legion. Still the best drug-free trip ever to be produced. It's finally getting, this is season two, and it's getting to a lot of the hot points of the battle of the whole show between the, the main antagonist and protagonist. But I'm also starting to see a lot of the repetitive structure of the show, because every episode is basically lots of flashy, trippy stuff, and then a little piece of actual progress at the very end. So it's like a bunch of weird shit happens, but nothing happens. And then at the end, it's like boom, boom, boom things like it's it's frustrating and it's a little repetitive and I feel like it's happening every episode right now. Um, still though, one of the, the best, most like mind blowing shows on TV, definitely worth the watch. If you haven't watched it or don't know what it's about, I definitely encourage you to look into it. Um, another show on my, I don't watch list agents of shield. So this one's been going in the background for me for years now. It's on like it's fifth or sixth season or something like that. Um, we watched, I watched the first season or two and then kind of just gave up on it because it it was okay, but it really didn't like do anything in the universe that it really could have or should have, or I expected it to. It wasn't a thing where any of the known heroes ever showed up or did anything. They would always just kind of passingly reference stuff that was going on in the movies, but it was such a standalone thing that it just didn't grab me um it's too far removed from the movies and the the universe that's going on there but now with all the infinity war stuff going on it will be interesting to see how any of that ties into the series so just kind of just gonna kind of keep my ear to the wall or to the ground whatever the saying is and see what goes on over there because that is kind of interesting. Um, another show that I have no intention of ever watching is Krypton. This is just a big why. This is another one, I think it's on sci fi or AMC, I can't remember. But it's like an alternate reality Superman where he's on Krypton and it's, ugh, I don't know. It's super dark and edgy looking and. They've brought back like big name characters. Like there's they've got um General Zod's already in there. They've got Brainiac, they've got a plot line going with that. But I don't know. It's so weird that you're basing this whole series on Krypton. And there's definitely like CG scenes of like the planet and stuff, but I swear to God, all the trailers and every commercial for it, everybody's just in a room, in a, a weird dark red and black room doing things like it's it's such a funny tv show thing where you're you're telling me this is about a planet where there's all these things going on but everything takes place in like i said a room it's it's funny but i haven't heard anything good or bad about it it looks like it could be entertaining uh it's an interesting take on the whole thing where we're not just seeing the same clark kent growing up doing things in smallville it's It's nice to see a fresh take on things, but again, I don't know. Something to follow up on later once I find somebody that's actually watching it to tell me if it's good or not. (laughs) I would never think for myself and just watch the show and make a, a pure assessment of my own. Why would I ever? But in that same breath as I say that, I have been watching and making my own assessments on Lost in Space. So this one came to Netflix recently. It's a brand new series based on the old series and the movie and it's a another reboot like scramble the eggs, make it your own thing, do whatever and that's fine. It's been like overall a really well-produced show but also a kind of bad show. Like the the worst parts of it are the stupid stupid writing, not the dialogue but basically how things happen throughout the episodes. There's dumb little things like time and distance have no realistic bearing. Like the characters are very 2D and shallow. Um, and basically everything is because reasons just it's it, things just happen and they don't have enough kind of, thought behind them, I would say. And I I've got a, a couple examples. Like for the time and space thing, the parents consistently now will go off one way, the kids go another way, hours pass for one side, and it seems like it's only been minutes for the other. Like everything happens in a, a time bubble, a time warp. It's weird. They'll drive off in one direction the whole episode, like going miles and miles, but then it it'll take them like all day to get where they're going. Yet when they go back, it takes minutes, and they're just there. And everything happens just in time, as usual. Just all those cliches. And it's not just editing. It It's just really unrealistic. Like, they're not keeping track of time, basically. It's, it's weird. It's dumb. But then um, one of the other crappy things that happened in the last episode was they find some wreckage that they want to go salvage parts from, They see it on like a satellite satellite image. They go there and they, they show that this is a problem on the satellite image. They show one thing they get there. It looks completely different. So issue number one, but they go, they can see the thing. They have like a nice wide shot of the whole deal. They go in, they're looking for their stuff. They can't find it. They try to communicate a message. They can't. And then they end up just like looking out through a random hole in the side of the ship and see this giant communications array that's, like, 30, 40 feet away from them that they somehow didn't see, either in the satellite image or when they were standing around the damn thing. Like, just mind-blowingly dumb. But aside from those things, like I said, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there, too. I mean, it, it is entertaining. It's neat to see, but I I just don't know. I don't know if it's a good show. I can't really recommend it at this point like i will still god it's i'm torn again like i want to watch it because i want it to be good i want to see what happens but at the same time every time something happens it's not good so ugh, i don't know it's 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 fun i guess it's one of those things where you really have to just turn your brain off and don't expect too much but i don't know we'll see lastly well not lastly almost lastly a little bit of music talk so a perfect circle just released their new album called eat the elephant this is one that's been it's not 10 years in the making but it's been like 10 years since they released an album so it's funny when people say that oh yeah this album is 10 years in the making well no they haven't made one in 10 years and they probably worked on this for the last two Maybe they had some ideas rattling around over this time, but it's usually not how it works. It doesn't take 10 years to make an album. It takes 10 years to get your ass in gear and spend two making an album, maybe. But anyway, went on YouTube because YouTube is crazy and brand new albums are just on there. So I listened to it just tonight, like today, whatever you want to call it. So boring. <laughs> Unfortunately... It's not that it's bad per se, but it's definitely long, slow ballad boredom. So, going back through their albums, Meridenomes was the, the debut, and it was very, I mean, it was great. It's still an album that I listen to almost every day, at least songs from it. It was angry and hard at times, but with a soft and vulnerable core. Then, 13th step their second album came out and it was a lot more of the slower and softer but still dark songs Which I did listen to a lot of it's not one that I go back to today though then they had emotive which was more or less just an album full of covers and Just never clicked with me. I mean it was covers of songs that I never really cared for and even then it was just more like the slow ballady melodic stuff that I wasn't really into and it's funny because after that, the, the main guitarist and kind of core of the band split off and did his own like side project called Ashes Divide with, I think, the drummer from the band and probably some others, but it was, it was still pretty close to A Perfect Circle, but it was much more like what a direct sequel to their first album should have been. And without Maynard from Tool as a singer. The music, I think, is great. The songs are more... Kind of, I don't know, romantic overall, in a way. But with great passive-aggressive and salty lyrics and undertones. And I love it. Like, that's an album that I fire up, again, almost every day. And that's one that I will listen to all the way through. Like, I love that album. Now, the new album is basically just a bunch of lullabies. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying it's bad, but, I don't know, maybe lyrically, some of the songs that were on there are just hacky and really, like, on the nose. Like, Maynard loves to talk about kind of, like, politics and entertainment stuff and how it's just, like, tearing people down and making everybody dumb, but... Usually he's been a lot better with the metaphors where now it's just like, it's just too kind of cliche. I don't know. It's weird. It's sad. (laughs) It's, it's one of those things where you see your, your heroes kind of in their, their later years and just like, ah, bless his heart. But I don't know. I just want more of what got me hooked in the first place. And I know this opens all kinds of cans of worms about taste and critique and everything that, you know, again, to each their own. This just doesn't work for me. But I just, I, I don't understand why this this opens a bigger topic, too, of, like, why bands change their sound throughout the years. But it's, I don't know, this one, It's it's probably a good successor to The 13th Step, but it's just not where I'm at, I guess, musically. On the topic, though, of why bands change their sound like to dig in that a little bit there's the argument and the kind of stylistic choice of art versus music i think so art the art of making music it's you're doing it for your own personal satisfaction you're doing it because it's something you're passionate about you have a story to tell you have like things that you want to get out and do and you kind of go with the flow like your your music changes throughout the years depending on like what kind of life you're living and your success or lack of success or whatever, whatever the hell like politics and everything that goes into it there's there's that style that's like the arty style then there's the music for i don't know not music's sake but for the fans and for selling records and albums and everything like the bands that i think of just because i'm mostly into rock is something like acdc kiss slayer megadeth these bands consistently release music that sounds like everything they've ever released. Now, that's good and bad because, yeah, it's a little repetitive, a little redundant, that every album sounds like the last one in a lot of ways. But that's what I want. Like, that's that's what I enjoy. When I listen to, like, I don't listen to ACDC, KISS, or anything, but like Slayer and Megadeth, if I fire one of their albums up, I would want everything now to sound like it did then. I mean, not a hundred percent because obviously you want new songs, you want new sounds, new experiences, but at the same time, there should be a consistent expectation of like, I know what I'm getting into. If I buy a Slayer, Slayer album or listen to one of their newer ones, I know what I'm getting into. I know I have some kind of starting point. Whereas there's other bands like Metallica and Tool and now a perfect circle. It's like, you can't, point somebody to a band like these and say like oh yeah just listen to anything because you'll you're guaranteed to like it it's there's no common thread like you, i mean obviously metallica you listen to the first couple of albums they're really like punk and thrashy and garage band stuff the next couple turn more to like the the stuff that everybody's crazy about the the more like y, dramatic songs that have like all kinds of crazy nuance and parts and whatever. Then you got like Load and Reload and everything since then where it's just, no, it's not even the same band and very... I, I Obviously a lot of people are still into it, but I don't feel like any of the fans of that core 80s to 90s stuff are still on board. Like, I'm not. I haven't bought a Metallica album since Load. I think it was like the last one I ever bought. And no, it's just... So now, yeah, with Tool, they've done the same thing, where just constantly, like, changing and evolving their sound, and I just, I I don't care for that. I don't want that as, as a, a fan. It's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. But I see a lot of that with, I mean, everything. There's, it's like half the bands I listen to, they end up doing that shit, and it's crazy, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I, as a quote-unquote artist of little things that I do, I understand, like... I would hate to get into that kind of slump where I have to make stuff a certain way because that's the only thing people like. It's like, no, I want to make what I want to make. But at the same time, that's not necessarily what people are going to want. So I don't know. It's it's a hard thing. It's a hard hard part of being creative to decide which which way you're going to commit to, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> long story short, just... Be prepared. If you're a Perfect Circle fan, just know what you're getting into, and which I'm sure you are. Like, all the fans on the comment sections and everything on YouTube are just like, uh, eh, tool fans, just set your phasers to dull, because blah, blah. I don't know. Like, people are just trolls either way. Um, beyond that, I'm running out of gas. It's hot, which is ridiculous. It's like 80 degrees in my booth now. It's <laughs> 6 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so podcast ideas is the last thing I was going to touch on. Like I, I need more inspiration for this show. Cause God, look, it's been like a month since the last episode, but, um, I was thinking like, since the interviews have kind of like dwindled, kind of uninspired with who I would want to talk to with the anniversary coming up, I think I should touch base with some of the early adventures and people that i talk to get them and see what kind of updates they've got on projects they were working on um but then other future stuff i'm thinking like countdowns of countdowns but lists of like my favorites i don't know if there's a big interest for something like that like it's it's something i might pull somebody in for but i might just do solo just go through like yeah some of my favorite games from certain genres or my favorite retro games just go in deep and talk about stuff and favorite music too is something I would love to do um but let me know if that's something that interests anybody because I would love to dive into that stuff but if it's worthwhile that is um and then the other thing yeah anniversary coming up I think uh May 28th was the first episode first upload oh boy it's been a what am I at? Like 32, 33 episodes with this one. So definitely not sticking to the, the weekly schedule at all, but you know what? It's, it's, that's my, um, artistic liberty. Just like with the music, like we're talking about that. I do this podcast when I feel compelled to, I don't want to be forced to, this isn't a job yet. This isn't my employer So I don't have a set schedule of when I need to do anything with this. And it's great. I love it because I can still enjoy doing the podcast. It doesn't feel like work. So hopefully I'll be in the same frame of mind next year when I hit episode 47. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, I am Jason Chevron Chops. Again, you can check me out on funemploymentradio.com, wagpodcast.com. Facebook and Twitter at WAG Podcast. Shoot me your suggestions for future episodes at WAG Podcast, pdx at gmail.com. There's also the Adventure Club podcast with Matt and John that I do, which we will have, God, Matt and I did an episode together. And then there's the Avengers spoiler cast that's coming as well. So look forward to those. And until then, I guess I'll talk to you later. I don't know. That's a wrap. Toodaloo.